I'm gonna make him an offer again. I feel the need, the need for speed. He's watched every movie more than once. He's Stephen Fennick. Go ahead, make my day. He's watched the latest Disney movies with his kids, uh, but that's about it. He's Trevor Long. You talking to me? Together, they bring you the best movies you've never seen. I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Rent BioStream, the latest and greatest movies on Fetch. Watch on a big screen Hisense TV. The best movies you've never seen. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. With Stephen Fennick and Trevor Long. This is the captain. Brace for impact. Brace for impact indeed that is relevant to this week's movie. Yes. Welcome to the best movies you've never seen. This is the podcast where I watch movies, movies that I've seen many times and I'll introduce them to my friend Trevor Long, who's the co-host of the show. My name is Stephen Fennick. I am the, the person who's watched these movies at in the cinema, watched them repeatedly, and I introduce them to Trevor in the hope that he does like them as much as I do. I mean, I'm I, <coughs> my I, record's pretty good though. It's pretty good. I uh, <coughs> I appreciate the co-host title, but I'm just here as a passenger. Uh, I'm a passenger on this journey. <coughs> yeah, learning. Uh, here's what I love, and I I think our listeners. And this is your first show. You, you're in for a wild ride because it's been 75 <laughs> plus other movies, but There's lots of <coughs> but the big great back thing catalog. is we're not just talking about the movie. We're talking about how it was made. Talking about the backstory, yes, we're all the little about, bits of uh, information it was a behind budget, the scenes, small budget. There's so much yeah. to unpack about every single movie, and so many cool things to learn. So that's what I'm loving most about it. Absolutely. This week we're talking about Executive Decision, made in that was released in 1996. Stars Kurt Russell, mm-hmm. Steven Seagal, yeah, and Halle Berry, who yeah, you got yeah. wrong in I the millionaire wrong. question. Yeah, I got that wrong. <clears throat> it was. Directed by Stuart Baird. This was his debut movie as a director. Oh, wow. He's directed three How movies. How does a debut director get a cast like that? Well, uh, w- with a lot of backing from the studio. Right, okay. Now, Stuart Baird, he directed only three films. Oh, wow. But he's known also as an editor. Oh. He's actually a two-time Oscar nominee for editing. Wow. Now, this movie, when, I, when people when, – when I – what they want people wanted me to describe the movie. I call it Die Hard on a Plane. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I yeah. get that. Mm-hmm. You get it? That sort Absolutely. of similarity. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's terrorists somewhere, there's people trying to stop them. Yeah. And it's like a cat and mouse game. Mm-hmm. In this instance, Die Hard was in the Nakatomi Plaza. In this instance, it's on a seven four seven. Very nice. Fair enough. Yeah, I like it. Did you have any idea of this movie no, at all? None. I'd never heard of it <clears throat> uh, until you mentioned it last week, and I think you gave me 
a very brief overview of it yeah. before before I went and watched it. So yeah. I, I was sold on it in the sense yeah. that it was had realism and you know all yes. the things that tick my boxes. Yes, but mate, I don't know. What was your, what thumbnail did you have? What was um, the I'm pretty sure like? it's like the stealth, uh, you know, fightery yes, thing. The remora, and yeah. And a yellow, orangey background with uh, Steven Seagal and Kurt's and face. Kurt, Kurt Russell on the back. Okay, yep. cool, cool. Well, uh, the Los Angeles Times, Kenneth Turan said, everything about executive decision is familiar, except how crisply its conventional story is executed. Since most action thrillers think blowing things up is enough to attract an audience, it's a nice surprise to come across a savvy piece of work that relies on suspense and is as professional as the elite anti-terrorist unit it celebrates. That's great. I mean, how good is a reviewer that can write with those words? That's cool. That is very well said. Washington Post, writers Jim and John Thomas, the two co-writers. Brothers, I'm hoping. And first-time director Stuart Baird have come up with a surprisingly deft variation on the airplane hijack genre, one that relies on subterfuge and suspense rather than explosives and body counts, even though Steven Seagal is in it. <laughs> That's a little backhanded compliment there. That's an interesting point given his uh, his reputation yeah. in movies, right? Well, at the time, you've got to remember, this is in the mid-90s. Is this at the height of Seagal? Yes. So because, because there's something, Steven spoiler made, alert, yeah. he's, he's not in, in this a lot. Like, do you know what I mean? He, yes. For, for, a, for a big-time star. Yeah. There's theories role... on why that is too, oh, which we'll discuss. unpacking them. But Steven Seagal at the time was just having his face on the poster was a big sell. Right. And Kurt Russell, known as a, as a great actor as well, having him on there too, was, you know, Escape from New York. He's been in a, really, a lot of good movies as well. Yeah. So them two together was uh, a good combination. Awesome. And as we'll discover in the run-through, a pretty good story as well. Nice. This is your last exit before the freeway. We are going to take off and uh, examine executive decision pretty closely. But if you haven't seen it, Check it out on Fetch. And that's one of the many things you can do on Fetch, uh, as well as watching TV, watching uh, recorded shows, watching movies you've watched before or bought before. Uh, You can search for any movie. And this one was available on Netflix straight away, so I chose uh, straight to jump into the subscription and and take advantage of what I was already paying. And look, uh, when you've got uh, uh, cost of living pressures on, on you right now, You've got to make those decisions. Not every time you're going to rent or buy a movie, especially when you're already paying for the content. Now, I will say it's a really important thing to remember. Movies come and go from streaming services. So because it's on Netflix today doesn't mean it's going to be there in a year, let alone two. So that's the advantage of saying buy and putting it in your movie library on Fetch. It means it's going to be there no matter how long you've got a Fetch box. So that's a fantastic way to enjoy movies. I love the fact that Fetch learns what I'm watching. If I'm watching something on catch-up, I might be three episodes into Married at First Sight or something like that. <laughs> Rather than having to launch the did Nine you, Now did app. Did you see my fetch box? No. <laughs> launch the Nine Now app, then find Married at First Sight. I can actually just go into my stuff, my catch-up, and I can go straight into Boom. my library of catch-up shows. It's a fantastic box, well-designed just for the user. Fetchtv.com.au for details, and you can find them at major retailers and lots of internet providers. Alrighty, Now, you have watched... Executive yep. decision. Don't give us. Don't give away everything, but give us your impressions after the first time watch. It's. I think it ticks the boxes. You know, it ticks. It's got reality. Yep. It's got the suspense. Yep. I love presidential stuff, so that's cool. Yeah. Even though the president doesn't really no play a no role appearance. in the movie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's um, on hold. He's away. Yep. <laughs> um, I think the. Uh, I I enjoyed the the storyline. I enjoyed the suspense. Um, the thrill of it. And, eh? It's real t- and, down to the wire. I could imagine finding these kind of movies mm. weekly. 
Yeah. I prefer you did, quite frankly. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I quite That's enjoyed good. that. And I think I think my tweet would be, you know, another another suspense thriller on a plane. I feel like Executive Decision is the suspense thriller that all plane movies should be based upon. Okay, fair call. Uh, I saw this at the movie. Surprise, surprise. I remember shock. I saw the trailer and my first thought is, I have to see this. Yeah. It's been a regular rewatch. It's a really good sounding movie too. Oh, I love really? it in here. Right. Crank it up. It sounds great. Okay. I love that. Let's get into the cast and some names here. Kurt Russell plays David Grant. Now, he was in Escape from New York, which we're going to do eventually. Breakdown, another hidden gem, underrated movie of his, Genius. He was in The Thing. Starred with Sylvester Stallone in Tango and Cash as well. Our was man. He, was he Tango or Cash? He was. Cash, I think. I can't remember. That's a good trivia question. Uh, Steven Seagal plays Colonel Austin Travis, and he was in a one of his signature movies is Under Siege, mm-hmm. which I call Die Hard on a Boat. <laughs> it is a like terrorists have taken over a Navy vessel, yep. and he's got to sort of work out. Uh, there's an actress, Erica Aleniak, is it? She jumps out of a cake. Um, brilliant scene. Look it up on YouTube. You'll enjoy it. Okay. Um, <laughs> he was also in Above the Law. Halle Berry. Ah. She plays Jean, the flight attendant. She was in Monsters Ball, which she won right. an Oscar for. Yep. She was also a Bond girl. She was in Die Another Day. Right. She was also in Swordfish, opposite our man Hugh Jackman and John Travolta. Oh wow! Originally, Halle Berry turned this movie down. Really? But you know what? She said yes when she was offered one million dollars for the job. This is back in the nineties. This was her first million dollar payment for a film. So that's that's amazing. Not a bad payday. That's pretty good. David Suchet plays Najee Hassan. Now he's I reckon his signature role is as Hercule Poirot on TV. So you know Agatha Christie's novels, her main detective character is Hercule Poirot. I did not know that. He's be he was in the TV series playing Hercule Poirot for many years. He was uh-huh. also in a movie called A Perfect Murder with Michael Douglas and Gwyneth Paltrow, and in The Bank Job as well. John Leguizamo plays Rat. He was in Moulin Rouge and Romeo and Juliet, two um, Baz Luhrmann films. Okay. And, uh, but, a- again, a well-known, well-known face in the movies. Before we get to the run-through, why don't we hear about our other great sponsor, and that is Hisense. Hisense have a range of TVs in a range of sizes. Now, their ULED range, the 4K series, is available in sizes up to 98 inches. Now, we often say our catch cry is, Trevor, go, go big, big or go home. Or go home. That's what we say around here. So the movies that you love to watch look amazing on a big screen. And I guarantee you this, you will never, ever say after you've purchased your big screen TV, that TV is too big. <laughs> you will never say those words. Hisense have you covered in their ULED lineup in sizes from 55 inch all the way up to 98 inch. Uh, 98 inch. There's also 65, 75, 85, 98 inch. So that's a that's definitely going big or go home. And and with that, you're also obviously getting great picture quality. There's features like full array local dimming, so you get this evenly optimized picture with really deep blacks and brighter whites. And of course, High Sense's QLED quantum dot technology, which can generate more than a billion shades of color. Mm. And imagine playing a game on a 98-inch TV. That's oh, yeah. exactly what you can do with Game Mode Pro. So you can hook up your console and really enjoy an amazing experience there. And hello, a big screen to watch sport? Why not? 
You can do that with their auto sports mode and 200 smooth, smooth motion. These two features combined to provide an amazing crystal clear, smooth, fast motion action. So you're seeing these really clear, clear images. If you're looking at sport on a high sense TV, if a player is running down the sideline, yeah. you can see everything in the background really clearly because of that smooth motion feature. Nice. If you can read the advertising hoardings behind the player as they're running down the field, that is smooth motion. That's exactly gotcha. what you get with the high sense TV. And of course, it's all run through the VDAR U6 and High View engine. So you can find your content fast with VDAR U6 and it get all the exp the enhanced picture quality scene by scene with the high view engine as well. So it looks at every scene as you go in real time and enhancing the picture as you go. So Hisense, well worth your consideration if you're in the market for a TV, whether it's a 55-inch TV or a 98-inch monster, Hisense has got you covered. Head down to a store, check it out for yourself. Don't just take our word for it. Also, they come with a three-year warranty. One of the longest warranties you get for a TV, Hisense really back their products. Check them out, hisense.com.au. Now, let's get into the mission here, shall we? Yes. And the it actually starts in a mission where they're in Trieste, Italy. It's May 1995. Special forces are surrounding this house in a, I think it's Chechnya. This so is it's all a very Tom Clancy house. Rainbow Six to yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. And so they're looking, okay, we... The mission, I like how it says it on the screen, don't have to wonder what it is. Their, their mission is to recover stolen nerve toxin DZ5. Put, bookmark that yes, little term. very important. So what they do, they get in there, silently kill all the guards, get up to the second level, enter the house, kill everyone inside. Yep. One soldier is killed because he's tending to an injured prisoner. He gets shot. He gets taken out. But then when they finally get to their to their to where they need to go, like it's a like basement. a basement, yep. empty. All empty. Mission status unrecovered DZ five, and that's it. Like that's yeah. It's a it's so an that's kind of a little teaser. It's part. actually like yeah. a pretty good start yeah. to the movie because I don't think if you're coming in for a you know thriller, an action yeah. movie, that's going to be a great start. Doesn't Absolutely. matter whether you're thinking, hang on, action, where's the bloody plane? Action straight away. You're straight in, going yes. There's the well, goal. Speaking of planes, you do see a plane, but it's a private plane. Yes, it's little, three little months later, and little single engine plane, uh, and we there's a person there. Uh, having a little flight lesson. Uh, undercarriage, coming out, good. It is down and locked. Okay, anything else? I don't know, I don't know what, what am I forgetting? <laughs> Nothing, just relax, fly the airplane. Good, good note. Remember, Very remember that, note. right? Now that, we, we find out that is Dr. David Grant. And his pre-solo flight, remember he asks, what have I forgotten? Now, uh, my brother-in-law's a pilot, as you know, and he would, he'd be all over this. But mm. the instructor tells him, as we heard, just fly the plane. But apparently there's a check that you do. Uh, it's called, you do the GUMPS pre-landing check. Common among pilots. GUMPS stands for gas, so fuel, undercarriage, mixture, prop, seatbelts. That's kind of a checklist you do, okay. you go through yourself. Um, and he's seeing uh, this the, the the actor Kurt Russell who plays David Grant is in fact an FAA licensed pilot. Kurt Russell, yes, he is. He holds ratings for several aircraft types because you got to learn on different types of aircraft. Right, getting yes. your license, he's got a license on several aircraft okay, types. There you so go. there you have it. 
Switch to Frederick Field in Maryland, and this is he's landed the plane now, ready for his solo. Yep. And he goes, look, get out before I change my mind. I'm, I'm ready yeah, to so go. It's, it's quite cool because yeah. he's just landed. Yeah. He pulls into what is essentially a, a holding pen for planes. Yep. And the, the instructor goes, right, I'm out. You go. Go yeah. do your solo now. This is it. Yep. And he just he fires up the throttle and, and he, he says starts to him, moving Remember forward. he says, stick and rudder. Relax, fly the plane, which is what he just sold oh, him earlier. Yeah, yep. But here's what gets me. He's about to go and a truck drives right in front of the plane. Yeah, I'm thinking, what? Bit... Like an SUV. I'm thinking, oh, that's easy access yeah. to the aircraft. I'm right? not sure that now, this would is, happen. Yeah. This is 1996, remember. This is pre-9-11. Pre, yes, oh, let's exactly. make that clear. Pre-9-11. Uh, so he says, uh, the truck's driving in front of the plane. I think, uh-oh, something's happened here. Now, there's a little like a flashback sort of scene here. Mm. Where it looks like uh, like a kidnap attempt. It's a wedding. Someone's been assassinated, and and it's like in the Middle see, East or yeah, Turkey you, or somewhere. This man is taken and rushed inside a car and driven away. He looks up at the out the back window, and there's a man watching from the roof as he's driven away. And that same man we see a little bit later. But then the uh, it gets on all the news bulletins. According to informed sources, El Sayed Jaffa, perhaps the most feared and wanted terrorist in the world, was abducted yesterday afternoon while secretly attending the wedding of his daughter, Nicosia Cyprus. He was then handed over to U.S. authorities, where he was arrested and taken to an American warship at sea in the Mediterranean. So really nice. I love the news bullets and how they give you the, the information. It's a great it's, it's, really as good. We're exposition. Great way to give use you the, info. the news bulletin because they've Beautiful. got to be short and snappy. Why not? And so we, we've got this, you know, uh, known terrorist who's now yeah. in custody. Essentially, that's right. And then we, we that that news break was playing in the the headquarters where David Rand is, Kurt Russell. Yep. And he says, now we've got him and we've got all his baggage. So in other words, yeah, that's great. But what else is going to come of this? Yeah. Switch to Athens in Greece. An oceanic flight, Athens to Washington, is uh, on the tarmac preparing for the flight. Now, did you notice there was one flight attendant? Her name was, in the movie, her name was Nancy, mm. played by Marla Maples. Does that ring a bell, that name? No. She was, at the time, married to New York real estate tycoon, one Donald J. Trump. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Donald Trump would later to go on, of course, to become the 45th president of the United States. Mm -hmm. But at the time, that was his wife wow. playing the flight attendant. Yeah. Uh, I like this bit here where the woman, there's a guy on the window seat and the woman drops, like the guy has like a little like a little device on yep. the seat. She drops her bag on it, draws attention like to he, it. She's just yeah. trying to put her bag and in the overhead locker. And she's a stupid woman. You know, yeah. and, and sort of, uh, you, it, it's intentionally meant to draw your attention to this little That's thing. That's right, yeah. You can't, don't quite know what it is, but it's important to this man. Yeah. So that's that's sort of seed planted in the head right there. Yeah. Now, how did how did does, you feel about this? Doesn't he open it up and you see that it's like a palm? It's like a little computer. Yeah. yeah. It's like he, he, I think he, he, he rubs his finger across the keys. It and goes, yeah. okay, it's all yeah, right. It's We're safe, good. Right. Yeah. Now this next scene was a bit of a shock, didn't you think? It's London, the London Marriott. Guy walks into a hotel. That's uh, can we help you? And, and he just walks past anyone who tries yeah. to help him, but then one. One waitress kind of calls to another guy and he's yeah. like, hey, mate, what are you doing? Yeah. And he turns around, you can see his open vest. It's basically a suicide yes. bomb vest. He says, listen to the sound of Altar. And then <laughs> boom, bombs, kills And I him think himself. the point of this scene. Suicide bomber. The point of this scene is to demonstrate that the terrorism, which they might have thought was over because they captured the leader, yeah. is continuing and therefore yep. the world was still in a bad place. Yeah. So Oceanic has taken off, reaching cloud cruising altitude. 
Did you like this bit where the old man gets up from the seat and goes mm. to the bathroom? The uh, flight, the other flight attendants, I think Halle Berry's character, Jean, gives a little present to the other woman, her co-flight attendant. I think the present is like a little cake topper. Cake for topper. She's, so obviously she's obviously getting married. getting married, yeah. Nice little exchange there. But the guy in the bathroom is, you see his hands and he's putting a gun together. He's got and all the then pieces. removing his disguise. He's got all the pieces in all different yeah. parts of his lug, his bag. Puts and together then, a gun, puts it inside a newspaper. But then the, on the on the the desk in, in the bathroom, you see his beard, his glasses. He leaves, leaves behind. So he comes. He goes in an old man and comes out a totally different person. Yeah. Like, thinking, yeah. well, who's this bloke? And you're right. Yeah, he's got the gun and what appears to be like C4 in a newspaper. Hands it over to another guy. Um, and, and, and then the, the girl who just received the wedding present goes downstairs and she, I didn't know there was a lift in a 747, by the way. She is goes there? down to the galley. I don't think so, no. Okay, I don't, no, I don't, I don't know. There's well, not, I don't think there is. We'll have more on that in a minute. But the guy catches her, kills her. Yeah, straight on the spot. And then um, he then pulls out the, the what looks like a meal cart yep. and there's all machine guns. So here's, here's where you've got to think, okay, there was someone on the inside of has helped them smuggle all the weapons yeah. on the plane, yeah. and boom, that's why they're on there. That's right. But how did old mate get his pieces of his gun on the plane? Because it was in like pieces. It you was reckon? undetectable in okay. pieces. Yeah. All right. All right. That's why he had to yeah. reassemble it, you know? Yeah. It's still a little bit sketchy, but it's hard for us to remember and relate to what it was like yeah. back then. Yeah. And again, pre-9-11, so yeah. not everyone was as alert and... There weren't as many rules. I saw a news story the other day. I think it's six and a half thousand, or might have been sixty-five. Six and a half thousand guns uh, are detected by the TSA every year. Still, like people take guns into airports. What are you talking about? Wow. Yeah. So the guy that got the remember he handed off the newspaper with the little shape charge. So he places that on the cockpit door. And I like how he goes in the bathroom to see to hide himself. Blows up the blows the door open. And then the guy, the guy holds a gun on the pilot, and he goes, "Okay, continue your heading." And he holds a gun, and he goes. He goes, I'm a pilot. So in other words, if I shoot you, I can don't think that I can't fly the plane. Yes. And we mentioned that I'm also a pilot. Yeah, and he gives him a bit of paper and says, This is what you yeah, gotta these do. Are instructions. Set this heading, yeah. And now back at uh, back at where at David Grant's headquarters, they're also listening to a message. American Embassy. Oh, it's you the American Embassy. Conviction of I have a message for the American president. I am in control of flight three four three. So basically, he's recorded yeah. a message and phoned it in. Yes, that uh, confirms the hijacking. Yes, that's right. So Oceanic, the terrorists emerge. It's a bit weird. Yeah. Like, we don't have hijackings anymore because of the, the no, rules that come in. But of course, you know, it yeah. really. I mean, it wasn't common, but it was not uncommon, no, wasn't it? There were several Back cases in the day. of hijackings. Yeah, yeah. Now the terrorists, terrorists have all emerged. People are being held at gunpoint. I love this bit. The marshal. Has There's just gun. a guy who you wouldn't. Yeah. He doesn't. He looks like every other passenger, but he, yeah. he he pulls his gun out of what is normal placement, puts yeah. it down in his, shoe, in his shoe, and then gets rid of his marshal badge, so that if there's any frisking or anything that goes on, he can hopefully still smart move. be un, undetected. So the leader tells, which is uh, Hassan, tells everyone, "Calm down, we're all good." Now back in Washington, we see our man David Grant. Yep. He's actually uh, at a reception and a black tie reception. Doing his best as well. And yeah, he offers this woman, an attractive woman, a drink and asks her, Do you like hockey? Mm. And she goes, oh, As a matter of fact, I do. Well, I've got two tickets here. And then uh, he gets the tap on the shoulder, Excuse me, Mr. Grant, urgent phone call yeah. for you. So he goes, Mate, you cut my grass. Like I was doing good here. Anyway, he gets called away. Back on Oceanic, the flight attendants are forced to sit down. 
She notices, Jean notices the manifest mm. and sees on it the armed US Marshal on the manifest. So she so decides listed. to. She pulls it in the paper, she goes to throw it in the yes. trash, and then she ends up putting it in with all the yes. magazines. So then uh, the leader decides, you know, he's going to make an announcement for the whole plane. I want the attention of everyone on board. Listen carefully. You are to remain in your seats with your belt securely fastened. Do exactly as you are told. And there will be no need for any further violence. Now, when he comes back to her, he, he looks, notices the empty clipboard. And he says, where's, well, the manifest? where's the manifest? She goes, I like how she, she says, I destroyed it. <laughs> Straight up. What? She, I think he looks Which in the Which was bin, the right but thing But he doesn't, but she doesn't. She puts it inside a magazine. That's right, I said that. She yeah, put yeah. it in a magazine yeah. holder. So he, he says to her that was yeah. brave and unnecessary. Totally unnecessary. Now, get this right. Armed federal air marshals are not listed on passenger manifests. Of course. If you may have worked that out. Since they're, they're meant to be like undercover almost. Um, and they uh, and they were never listed like that on commercial planes because it's classified. You're not allowed to know mm. who the marshal is. But not not listed publicly like that anyway. Meanwhile, back at uh, our man David Grant, which I'm assuming is a CIA office, they're doing voice analysis and they're comparing the London recording to the plane recording, and they're thinking, you know what, we think it's the same bloke. He gets the call, briefing in pen the Pentagon. He goes, look, I'm still in my tux. He said, anyone got a change of clothes? I think one of them said, I've got a Grateful Dead T-shirt if you want. <laughs> Stays in the tux. I like this line. He says, look, we're a think tank. They pay us to think. So let's think. Mm. And then I think he asks, who's on the foreign desk? And he goes, oh, it's Colonel Austin Travis. And he went, oh, my God. So you know there's a bit there's of history some there. We don't so, know what it is. So Travis yeah. was the colonel at the start, at the, the mission, yep, the yep, failed mission. Seagal, yep. So we know there's a history there. The military command center in the Pentagon, uh, Travis notices Grant and they go, yeah, they sort of give each other a little nod. But then they also, they're going over the recording and the message, the full message now from the plane. This was recorded from the aircraft shortly after the bombing. This is Altar. I have a message for the American president. The London bombing will have indicated the strength of my resolve. I am in control of flight 343. This aircraft and its passengers shall remain in my custody until Abu Yaffa, criminally held against his will, is released from captivity. My instructions are to be followed precisely. No theater, no negotiation. El Said Yaffa will be released and taken to Gatwick Airport where a private jet will be given clearance to land, then allowed to leave with him. Upon the release of our leader, Flight 343 will continue on to Washington where half the passengers will be exchanged for fuel and 50 million in gold bullion. So the immediate discussion here is, do we negotiate with terrorists? Do you bend to their needs? Do we do it's their demands? The what right? do we do here? Every right? government says we yeah. don't negotiate with terrorists, but yep. there's like 400 people's lives yeah, at right. risk here. And that becomes the, the premise of the whole movie. Is, yeah, so they're thinking, well, how do we do it? How do we work it out? And I think then Grant realized, he tells them, he goes, what do you mean? He goes, that plan can't come anywhere near the US. Well, sir, I don't think this is about hostages. I think it's about one man planning a major strike against the United States. I think you better explain yourself, Mr. Grant. Our research leads me to believe that due to his own internal political situation, it was Naji Hassan himself who orchestrated Yaffa's abduction. Go on. Six months ago, a shipment of the nerve toxin DZ-5 was hijacked while in transit from Russia to Germany. Now, we're certain the Chechen Mafia was behind the hijacking. 
unfortunately, recent attempts to recover the nerve gas had failed. A few days ago, rumors surfaced that the DZ-5 was now in the hands of an Osmed Rashami. Covert operator sent us on a wild goose chase. A known supplier of arms and explosives to Yafa's group. Mr. Grant, are you saying the nerve gas is on board? Yes, sir, I am. And it's my opinion that Hassan is planning to use the DZ-5 and the airplane together as a tactical weapon, a sort of poor man's atomic bomb to be detonated here over Washington. Another great moment in speech because you learn so much about yeah. the power of the DZ-5, yeah. the, the what he could do with it, why the motive could be different. But po perfectly, that single turn from Seagal's character to, to the, the general with him or whoever it is, yeah. saying this is the bloke that stitches up, implicates them, yeah. implicates Grant in that failed raid. The bad intel. All, yeah. of, the, all of them think it's him that's they have a up. They have a discussion later about that, but I like I the, think it's cool. I like when he's saying, "As you mean that DZ 5s on the plane?" He goes, "Yeah," and he goes, "What? How? How powerful is it?" And I like how he gets a pen and puts a drop on the desk. He goes, "If that was DZ five, that single drop can kill every man in this room." And you're thinking, "Uh oh." <laughs> and uh, I love this little uh, this little aside at the end. And by the way, the name he's using, Altar, in ancient Arabic, means revenge. Pretty important. Great so, music too here, by the way. Yeah, good music. I love you the know, music in this I think, year. you know, you think I about last it. week and Halloween and Trumpets how important and the music was to come oh, in yeah. to build suspense. Oh, yeah. This is, this is like, they yeah. use it as transition. He's like, he said this and it's like, nice. boom, this is what we're doing now. <laughs> on the plane, there we find that there is a senator on board, Senator Mavros. Now, he's yeah. obviously Greek coming home from Greece, but he's an American senator. He's approached by Hassan and he says, oh, we're so, pl we're so pleased that you're on board. Uh, you could be the next president. It's an honour to have you with us. So that kind of sets him up as someone, like an important person is on this flight. Mm. And and, and uh, not just important, but recognisable because Hassan has recognised him right. as being yeah. on the flight. Singled him out. Yeah. Uh, back at the Pentagon, they're talking about the plane. It's going to be in American airspace in less than eight hours. And it's really quite simple at yeah. this point. It's like, okay, we either let it Two come options. in. And we let it come in and do the whole deplaning thing and whatever. Yep. yep. And and when we talk about not negotiating, often they the concept would be they might let them in to get 200 people off and refuel yeah. them. Let them back well, in the air. That's what he said originally, guys. We're going to land. We're going to let half the that's passengers right. off. And yeah. so it's, it's quite possible in a real-world scenario that they would let them land. They would let them get 200 people off. They would refuel it to get it back in the air to just continue the lengthen the process. So yeah. that's one option. And the other one is... Yeah. Shoot the plane down. Blow it out of the sky. But the colonel speaks up. He goes, you know what, sir, there's another. This is a Hail Mary plan. You know, Hail Mary is the term where you're just going to do your best and try your best. And yeah. Hail Mary pass in NFL is if you, you just throw it downtown and hope someone catches it. for yeah. That's called the Hail Mary. This yeah. is kind of a similar thing. And he mentions, he goes, Engineer Cahill can, can help, help us. us. And then we switch to a, a, what is like the earliest. Mate, the world's earliest Zoom call, Zoom. <laughs> video call. And there's Cahill, played by Oliver Platt, by the way. Good actor, Oliver Platt. Um, I've seen him in a few things. Yeah, he's uh, been in, like, I think, uh, Chicago, uh, med the medical show in Chicago. I forget that name. He was in the West Wing for a bit as well. Uh, he was the yeah. lawyer. He was he the was special counsel uh, with the MS stuff. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly. It. Yeah, yes. good memory. Um, and we see him. He says, look, this, this, the, they talk about the Remora aircraft designed for the space program, but also it's been modified by the Air Force to bring crews to another airline at altitude. So he goes, well, can, can this join up with a civilian airline? Can it work with a 747? And I think the way yeah. I would describe this is we know that an Air Force plane is going to refuel in flight. You know, boom yeah. arm comes out and they fuel. Yep. The idea here is 
well, can we change crews? Transfer people, that's right. That's the whole idea is actually hooking up. But they're talking about going off. Can we do this with a civilian aircraft, which yeah. is the 747? And it says, look, you know what? Work it out. You've got to be airborne in one hour. <laughs> I'm thinking it's pretty miraculous that they're ready to go. In They've one done a hour. good job, yeah. <clears throat> so you're thinking, wow, that's that's quick. Just getting from A to B in one hour. Our man, Travis, says, he goes, my team will get on there. Six men. Uh, we we uh, we Once we get on, we get all the on-site intel. He goes, to get all the on-site intel, I reckon Mr. Grant could provide that for us. And <laughs> he says, okay, you ready to take a trip? Uh, the next scene He's still is in his tuxedo. Still in his way. tux, exactly right. I love it when he comes down. They're there at the base. The crew is there getting ready for the chopper, and they see him walking across again. I think Rat says, who's this, 007? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, anyway, they get on the remora. They, they get, I think um, Cahill says, yes, you, you mean you, you want to get all that gear on board? You never get off the ground. Sort it out, dump the rest. We can't take all that with us, so work yeah. out what you want to take with us. Yeah. Uh, minutes later, the remora is taking off, and its mission is to intercept the plane. Now, uh, on on the uh, on the remora, I like how Steven Seagal is talking about the game plan. Set up the comlink with the delivery plane in the Pentagon. Grant, you monitor this. But, but I stay here on this airplane, right? That's correct. The remora will refuel in flight and then set up a trailing pattern behind the 47. You will be in direct contact with us via video and audio. Your assessment on Naji's behavior will be essential to the operation. I'll do what I can. All right, now, once we find the bad guys, we're going to look for the DC-5. If we find it, Doc, you're going to tap into the oxygen supply system with the sleep agent. It's lights out. We take the bird. Once we've taken control of the bird and found the DC-5, we're going to divert. Any problems? Any questions? No, sir. No, sir. So the plan's pretty simple. Yeah. But, yeah, the, I like this next bit where... He's given the instructions, then he sits down opposite Grant and talks about. This is they're coming together goes, over the. Yeah, he goes, the ner- he goes. I think um, Grant says, "Mate, the nerve gas was there. You guys were late. You didn't get there in time. Yeah. It was there. Trust me, you yeah. didn't make it. So there's tension there. On the Oceanic, the uh, there's. I think the the one of the Hassan says, "Look, my men are hungry. Feed them." Uh, he asked the flight attendant to see to it and. Uh, he says, oh, there's food in the lower galley. Can I go down and get it? And then she says, well, what about the passengers? They're, they're hungry too. He says, oh, we'll give them beverages, keep them, keep them happy. Yeah. Um, she goes, she goes down and then makes the, 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 the dreadful discovery. Yeah. Her friend is dead down there. Um, the meanwhile, the Remora, they, they know they've got four hours to complete the mission. Um, they realize they have to raise the sleeve to get into the plane via this avionics panel on the bottom of the plane. Yeah. And they, they stress here... Equalization has to be right because if both planes decompress, both planes are gone. So, so you've got that, to get that right. It's basically a way of really kind of over overstating the risk that they're going to, which yeah. frankly which they, is pretty which they bloody obvious, play out. right? Let's so be clear. This is a, another method where they say, here's what could happen, and then later on in the movie it nearly happens, so it builds up the tension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there, here we go with their docking attempt. This is the so this is the earliest they use of the plane. Uh, augmented reality in movies as well. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? They were initiating their approach and just sort of giving them the vectors under the plane. Eh? Yeah, very that's cool. Good. It gets gets under the seven four seven with their laser targeting, and I think that they they notice where the target point is, and they said, right, extend the sleeve, and it sort of it goes up and boom, sort of seals up on the plane. The sleeves pressurize, and they start climbing up the stream, up the sleeve. They said, look, we've got to create. Open the outer hatch, create the vacuum, open the seven four seven hatch. It's like decompression, like yeah, you know, it's all yeah. I think to be the honest, pressure right. 
uh, to be honest, most of this scene is pretty obvious. You yeah. just kind of... You, you, yeah, but you're flying you, like five oh, no, no, miles no, no, in the sky. To a viewer, yeah. this is all happening pretty obviously. You know, yeah. sleeve goes up, you know, pressurize, all that kind of stuff. But the one thing that's critical here is there's an alarm essentially on yes, that on that hatch. seal warning. Yeah. And so they're like, hang on a minute, we've got to have a plan for that. So the idea is we're gonna we're gonna blow the hatch, we're gonna get in, yeah. and then we're, there's someone's we'll gonna go up open, with, with a gonna clip. Open the hatch, yeah. Someone's gonna go up with a clip that's gonna essentially turn off the alarm. Because yes. when they do first open it, alarm does go off in the cockpit. Yeah, but he goes, old mate's pretty quick with the clip. Yep. And then no drama. In the cockpit, they go, "What's that? Oh, hang on, it's gone off. It's, it's gone nothing. away. Yeah, yeah, right." And they notice that. So uh, the pilot does notice that seal warning. Uh, warning light goes out. They come on board, a little bumpy, but then I think as one of them's coming up, I think they clip it with their hip and it comes out. Yeah, the clip falls yeah. out. So the alarm's going off again. Yeah. So the terrorist pilot is the one who notices the light this time. So what is that? And the pilot, other pilot, goes, "Mate, it's an open hatch. It's an open outer hatch warning." Must be. Look at us. We're still here. If, yeah. if that was true, we'd be. We'd know. We'd all be dead. So he sort of said, "Okay, relax." Um, meanwhile, the rest of the crew get on board, and and I think Rat saying, "As Baker, you're on my shit list. I can't find this clip," and they finally do. They. Uh, but what happens? I think they experienced a bit of wind shear. Did you notice? It's been sort of they're yeah, real yeah. turbulent, and the pilots are saying, "Jesus, why is why is this so heavy? The plane? They're not realizing there's another plane underneath." Yeah, uh, he's he f- flies uh, t- fights to gain altitude. Grant gets up the ladder ladder now, but have a guess what's happened? One of the one of them falls on the edge of the hatch, and as it turns out, we find out later he breaks his neck. Mm. So Cappy is the one who's who's so he's unconscious in the hatch. So Grant has to get above him to help him. Um, the pilots, uh, pilots thinking, why is the plane so heavy? So by this point, we've got Cahill in the in the seven four seven, who's not meant to have gone in there, but he's gone in to he's help in. with this. With Cahill's this up thing. there. Grant's and up now there. Grant's up yes. there as well. They've got this bloke back up there who's you know uh, uh, unwell and injured. Yes. Um, but it's all going to shit because basically the plane is all yeah, over. Yeah, it's the all shop over, now. and it's saying, look, there's going to be too much stress We're gonna on have the sleeve. To, we're going to have to break off. So they're saying, you know what? We have to close the hatch. We're losing pressure on the pump. The seals are going. The seals are going. Listen, listen to me. The hatch has got to be closed now or we'll lose both planes. Come on. Colonel, grab my hand. I can't hold it. Close the hatch. Close the hatch. Close the so the colonel's coming up now. Yeah. Steven Seagal. Listen to me. Listen to me. So see and Seagal goes flying. See, see you later. But did you like how the key, Russell, like Grant, saying, "Colonel, you're not going to make it." He goes, "But you are." <laughs> Shuts the seal. So yeah. selflessly, you know, gives up his but life don't you to think say it's this. Wild that he dies at this point. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And that For was such a big star. That was like a psycho, like early death. Like Janet Lee, star of the movie, gets killed in the first thirty-five minutes. It's weird. Everyone goes, "What?" But you're right. So everyone I'm was surprised it, about that. I know a little bit about Steven Seagal's current career, and you're yep. like. I don't know. Was this the doubt? Was this the end of his movie career? Like no. I felt to myself, was this just no. he was just there as a name? It was Not weird. No, it was the like his movies were still quite popular. Yeah. So he's bravely shut the hatch, and he, you see him flying off. Meanwhile, the pilot of the Remora is ejected. Yeah. And the Remora itself crashes. So yep. total disaster. They've lost contact with the with Hail Mary. So they're wondering, 
That enough Did they make board? it on board? So like, basically, Washington has will no they idea. Contact us? So, yeah. If this... they don't know if it, they made it on there. Yeah. So, literally flying blind. We'll call that okay. Uh, aboard Oceanic, the special forces crew we find out is aboard, and Cappy is injured. Now, in the cockpit, the uh, they're talking about the avionics room where that light came on. Yeah. He goes, "Show me this room." Now you got to remember. Cappy's got a broken neck and they need to mobilize him. And I love this bit where, remember, he goes to find, he goes, show me this hatch. He goes, rips the carpet out, opens the hatch, and everyone in that in that little chamber, they they realize what's happening. They all bolt, they all bolt into yeah. the dark, into the dark corners, so they're not seen, which I thought pretty good. The pilot actually climbs down. Now, this was a really cool bit where he sees the broken glass, looks up and sees, sees Grant and with his. Grant's got his finger to his lips, in other words, at saying, no say point, nothing. At no point is the pilot expecting to see people, right? No. He's going to find out what's gone wrong. So yes. he sees the broken glasses and thinks, well, there's been something, like something's yeah. bumped in here or something's gone wrong. But yeah. he looks up and sees him and that's where it's this moment of like <gasps> sheer kind of terror and relief and concern and wonder. There's so many kind of emotions. Did you, you like how him. he looks at he looks at Grant, who's got his he finger to his lips. He looks over another guy who lifts looks up his patch and shows yeah. the American US flag. US flag, yes, yeah, mate. But then he comes up and he and I think um, Grant hands him a burnt circuit so he could show them what was causing the yep, drama. Yeah. And um, he goes, "Look, this is what happened. You know, it happens." And I love how he's trying to put the hatch back, and Hassan puts his foot on. He goes, "Hang on a minute," and he sort of sticks his head in and think, "Oh, they're going to get caught." But no, he shuts the Why hatch. Why wouldn't he go down there? I don't know. Lazy, I guess. Uh, anyway, the uh, in the. On board, I love how the pilot returns to the cockpit, trying to keep a bit of a Sweating poker face. like an he's, absolute he's goose. Yeah. desperate to tell the other pilot, there's Americans on board, we're going to be safe. But uh, he couldn't do that. But then uh, he says, look, we're, we're, they're trying to tra- – down in the chamber there, in the in the avionics room, they're treating Cappy. Rats ask him, well, what are we going to do now? He goes, well, can we call the Pentagon on the SATCOM? Rat, what are we going to do? Give me the Pentagon on SATCOM. The radio didn't make it. <gasps> then we have no way of letting him know we're on board. They think we're all dead. Shut up, Gail. No, he's right. As far as they know, we went down with the delivery plane. The Pentagon is going to shoot us down. It's at this point where Kale has a little bit of a panic attack. You know, a little bit, yeah. He goes, we've got to negotiate with them. Let's go. And he tries to climb up the ladder. They grab him and say, well, you didn't, there's no way you negotiate with these guys. They grab him, drag him off the ladder. Um, they're saying, look, we're not, they don't know that we're not on board either. They, they, they think, do we make it? But they don't know for sure that they're not already yes, there. So right. they're thinking, you know what? Glass half full. We've got time. Three hours and 50 minutes. We've got to find Hassan. It all centers around him. So they're saying, you know what? We're going to use the equipment that we've got left over. Mike's and probes first. Hook up Graham to the convoy, see if he can locate his old friend Hassan. Not everything we need is right here. As soon as we locate their positions, we blow the lights and go night optics. We hit them hard, but they're still surprised. All right, come on, let's get started. Bomb. Look, civilian, we don't even know if there is a bomb. I want to take over this plane. Travis is what it does. I'm trying to do to tell you how to do your job, okay? But if that DZ-5 is on board, there's going to be a bomb attached to it, and you can't well better find it. Now, once this plane took off, there was going to be no turning back. Hassan would make sure of that. He's right. I mean, it could be a pressure switch timer. I mean, if you try to land the plane or change the altitude, anything could set it off. You have to find it before they hit. 
So they know. It's pretty epic. We know the mission. In the cockpit, the pilot finally gets a chance to say, I saw American, American soldiers. Imagine on being the, plane. the first officer. You'd be like, mate, what are you talking yeah, about? You they're goose. on the plane, mate. Anyway, they're looking for the bomb. They see the dead flight attendant, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, they And here's the thing where. I think um, Grant is labelling all the different. They're going to like put the probes computer, and yeah, cameras. Yeah. He's labelling this is the the cock. This is this area. There's this cabin, and they go to a roof space. Yeah. Now there isn't such big no, empty spaces there's, there's, on a seven four seven two hundred. The the or any baggage, similar aircraft. The overhead baggage is, yeah. is pushing up pretty on, much within centimeters of the edge. Yes. So that area above well, where they're supposed to be walking up and down is non-existent. That's where you have wiring and equipment and in that space. And it's not that big, yes. Yeah, so um, that's what's in the space above the cabin. Not but that – like they could – it was like, what would you call that, four foot high? Easy. Like Easy. A, a metre and, meter and a half high? Like, yeah, it was wild. Big so they're, they're drilling little holes to put put cameras and microphones in. Yeah. I love the one that's coming up from behind, from below, though, that <laughs> comes within two two <laughs> centimetres of the terrorist foot. How funny is that? Which is a pretty stupid thing to well, do, let's be honest. One through the roof and the floor. That's funny. But yeah. they put the little, the little what do you call that camera? A little, I don't know, peephole. Little, I don't little know. peephole camera through the hole and they can actually change the direction of it. And that allows uh, uh, Grant to start marking where yes. the terrorists are on and the he's plane. And well. he's, he's noting their weaponry and he goes, look, none of them are Hassan. Grant goes up to the roof checking each camera. I love how he nearly falls through the bloody thing. Yeah. Come comes back to uh, our man Mavros too. So we're thinking, what's he gonna do? Senator, I think we have to shut up. Do you want to get us killed? <sighs> Senator, I think we're being presented with an incredible opportunity here. For what? You know how we always wanted to have a war record for you. Uh, some edge with the media that would put you over the top. Yeah. Well, remember the mileage that Jesse Jackson got when he negotiated the release of those hostages? Yeah. So remember, keep that in mind, okay? So he's thinking, yeah, this could be good for my career. So uh, next thing we see, Grant is saying, look, I can't see Hassan. I love how he nearly slips and falls. His glasses fall all the way to the bottom floor. Mm. And I love how there's a, there's like an elevator shaft. There's the middle level... The roof, middle level where the passengers are, then there's like a basement area. <laughs> like yeah. It's a big plane. <laughs> it's pretty big. Yeah, there's a bit of license taken there. But I love it how he gets lowered and on the way down, he sees Gene through the window and yeah, he no. sort of puts his finger, he goes, don't say nothing. And um, he, on the way down, Hassan comes over as well. And how he didn't see Kurt Russell through her legs, he was right there. Yeah, but you wouldn't you be know? looking down there. You don't reckon? No. Okay. I'm okay with <laughs> this one. So uh, Grant sees Hassan. He goes, right, there's our man. Um, he has a look, uh, I think, and what happens here, he asks the flight attendant, move out the way. He, so he opens the, the elevator door and you think, oh, shit, the, the Grant's going to get caught. But he's By shot the time the he gets in there, now the bottom hatch was shut, but the top hatch was still open. That's if right, you ever looked yeah, up, up, Rat yeah. was up there. So uh, you're thinking, oh, God, they're going to get caught. Um, the the flight attendant at the time too, there was a map that he had yeah. that she took it off him. And she looked and at it, it's got yeah. Washington. Basically, it looks like a target. Target of Washington. But yeah, weirdly, she puts it back in his jacket as opposed to, yeah, I don't well, know, getting she, it to these she dudes. She wanted to see it. Meanwhile, in the cargo hold, they found the bomb. Yeah. It's in the forward baggage compartment. Yeah. Now, on the on the, uh, on the the plane as well, we see back to Mr. Stav- Mr. Mavros, who has an idea on how he can help them. I'm sure you're aware that the official U.S. policy is no deals with terrorists, especially in hostage situations. 
I can deal directly with the president. If you allow me to conduct the negotiation, I believe I can guarantee all your demands, money, media exposure, safe passage back to the Middle East. I understand. You want to be seen as the savior of the hostages. An image that certainly will not hurt you in the coming elections. As powerful an image as you returning to the Middle East, your mission accomplished. <laughs> I can see we're both men who truly understand the importance of making dramatic statements to the world. Good call. Now, in the cargo hold, they look inside. So they've drilled in a hold. You know, like they drilled a hole for the cameras. Yeah, they yeah. drill a hole for this camera. And um, they make a very, very interesting discovery. You can forget Washington. There's enough nerve agent here to wipe out half the eastern seaboard. So that's up the stakes a bit, don't you reckon? A little, yeah. A bomb with enough, what did he say? Nerve agent, agent to knock yeah. out the eastern seaboard. That's yeah. a shit ton of nerve agent. That's right. And we know that one drop can kill that's right. 10 people in a room. So, yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're, I love how the obstacles are building for them. You know, the mm. the objective obstacle, whole creation of drama mm. in a film. Yeah. You know, objective obstacle. And that's yeah. what they're constantly coming up against. Because them. now we go back to the Pentagon and they still don't, they're still not heard from them. So they think yep. they're running out of time. So they basically have to now scramble. They're now like, let's yeah. get, the, get the jets ready. Yep. Let's get the F-14s ready. Um, and they're talking about actually getting ready for a yeah. uh, uh, presidential he said, decision. He said, have the F-14s. About releasing Jaffa. Yeah, have the F-14s ready to launch. Issue a press release about the president's decision to release Jaffa. Yeah. So they're kind of meeting his demands. But then cut to Gatwick Airport and we see Jaffa. He says, look, that plane will never be allowed to reach the US. If you release the passengers, they can get safe passage to a country of their choice. Yep. And I'll do that if I can in their interests of peace. So you've got to convince this bloke to get out of there. They're not going to allow him to get to the US. So he's got to make a call. Yeah. The, the Jaffa has to call the guy. Well, you uh, know, he's, he's going to call him as soon as he gets yeah. on the plane. That's meanwhile, a, that's a the F-14s are scrambling and you know what? Now, they know the time to intercept this plane and potentially shoot it out of the sky. Yeah. Now, in the cargo hold, they take Cappy, who's now taped, duct taped to a stretcher. He's got a broken neck. Mm. And he said, give me a look at the bomb. And he finds that there's a barometric pressure switch, which means that it could be activated based on their altitude. There are a lot of, lot of variables here. Um they get Cahill. They said, well, you know what? Cahill's an engineer. Get him to help you. you he'll do whatever you say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Cahill approaches the bomb. He goes, we need to work out electronic bypass. Grant, meanwhile, has a gun and is thinking of taking part in the surprise raid. Because remember, they're all, they're all planning on doing a bit of a turn out, lights yeah, out and yeah, going hard. Yeah. Um, they're trying to dismantle the bomb. And they're thinking, oh, we've done this. We've got a bypass here. So the team, I love how the team's ready to do the strike. Kale cuts the wire and you think, so far, so good. The team's about to jump when this happens. Jesus, Murphy. Kale, stop them. Stop the hit. Tell Rack to stop the attack. Brad, stop the hit. Cappy says stop the attack. Stop it now. Everybody hold their positions. So at that point, Cappy 
passes out. out. But then you see the a close-up of the little mini Kale computer. Kale he's dead. Yeah, um, but then you see, you oh, see hang on, little, yeah, someone going over and it says status, okay. And we're thinking it's the bloke at the Old at the mate at the start, yeah, next, that's next right. Next to the big crazy lady. So Grant checks his pulse. He goes, he's not dead, he's just passed out. In the private plane, though, the Yaffa's making the call to Hassan uh, and he's trying to get through to him. Naji, I'm a Yaffa. I am free and in flight. The Americans wish me to tell you they have agreed to all of your demands. You are victorious. Come home. I rejoice in your freedom, Abu Yafa. Allah has blessed us. A great destiny awaits us both. In a few hours you will see I have achieved a glorious victory on your behalf. All the people of Islam will embrace you as its chosen leader. I am your flame, the sword of Allah. And with it, I will strike deep into the heart of the infidel. Nasi, listen to me. They know. They will destroy the plane, Nasi. Listen. So that's the first time Yaffa realizes that um, he's kind of part of the ransom demand, obviously. And he thinks, he finds out, that that whole statement is about Yaffa finding out this bloke's going to, like, cause a... Drama. He's going, to throw, he's, going to, he's going to blow up the US. He has his own agenda. And he's like, hang on a minute, dude, yeah. they, they, get out, they get know. out, abort. But he's got his own agenda. He doesn't the, give the, a rat's the, about Once Yaffa. the Pentagon hears that, though, they think, well, time to take action. Tell Admiral Crosby to order the F-14s to intercept the 747. Make the plane divert. I don't care what they have to do. Just do it. Jack, call the president. It's an executive decision now. There it is, Stephen's favourite part of the movie. Say, Say the, the name. name of the movie, baby. That's yeah. what they did. On board, Yaffa is now free. They're all rejoicing. Allah Akbar. Remember, they're on the board celebrating. Yeah. Yeah. But we realise that there is a there is a ulterior motive here of of uh, of him. Uh, on board the plane. And I think he has a conversation with his friend about saying... So he's like, goes, well, this is goes, it. What do you mean? They, he goes, they all he's think, free. What do you mean? They all think we're yeah, going to yeah. turn around and fly back. So there's, let's say there's, I don't know how many there were, 12 yeah. terrorists on board. They all think we're going to fly back now. Yeah. But old mate, the leader, yeah. is like, nah, mate, so, we've got another plan. So what, what they noticed too, Grant's listening in and he, this guy that disagrees with him, he kills him. Yeah. He said he's killed Shoot one of his him. own men. Mm. Now in the, remember he says we're going to strike... He refers to the Hassan refers to the Westerners as infidels. Yeah, that was in the 1996 release. In the digital re-release re post 9/11, he refers to them as enemies, not infidels. What did it say in your version? I don't remember. Because I've got the original version, and it says infidels. If you if the version that was released after 9/11, the, the other version of it says now enemies, and the the lip motion. You can see the difference. Right. Yeah, I'm okay I think with that. It's not quite original, a Roald Dahl yeah. issue. You watch you it know. on Netflix, did you say? Yeah, yeah. you enemies. you would have heard enemies. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mavros is saying, "What the hell did you get me into? Here, I'm gone." Grant says, "Look, someone's run a test here. Someone just tested the bomb. It means there's a sleeper. So there's Hassan. So now, but there's a sleeper. There's a worry about who else on, is involved on board the plane. There's got to be a, a sleeper, trigger man, one of the passengers. Other well, 400 passengers could be anyone." There's no way in there we'll find him. That's why we still have you. I'm going to surprise. Okay, I see we hit him now. Forget about that bomb. Maybe we're going to get lucky. Even if you kill them all, the sleeper can still destroy the plane. Yeah, but at least we'll save Washington. 
We're out of time. This is the best option we have. Maybe not. We still got about an hour and 20 minutes. Now listen to me. We gotta give that bomb another try. Yeah, but you need Cappy for that. Cahill might be able to figure it out. Forget it. If he can neutralize it, then finding the sleeper wouldn't matter. So their, their, their decision then about, he was talking about the bomb, they've got to isolate the power source. If there's no power, they can't detonate the bomb. Yeah. So they're so trying Cappy, to do that. Cappy's, uh, sorry, um, Cahill's sitting there. He's, yeah. he's got, Cappy's out, so it's still, yeah. he's like, they're working away. And he's like, he's about <laughs> to cut something. And Cappy comes to, comes to and goes, don't cut the wire. Whatever you do, don't cut that wire. Which is the worst thing you possibly yeah. hear when you're about to cut a wire. But that's, like, that's the way it is. I like how um, David Grant says to me, because all the time uh, Cahill's got this white lollipop stick, like yeah. a chopper chop like stick in his mouth. Stick, yeah. And um, he goes, look, if things get desperate, you can always use your magic wand. It's taking the mickey out of him, yeah. Which is kind of what happens later. Uh, in the cargo hold, they've got a camcorder from the baggage, so they're now set it up the camera so they can see more, and they they buzzing to for the call light, you know, for the yeah. flight attendant to. They're to just get. trying to get her attention. It's not buzzing. It's and they said, "Look, can we flashing. trust her or what?" So she said, "Look, she covered for for me before when I was coming down the hatch, so we can yeah. trust her." Uh, so he literally calls. makes a phone call. Yeah, uh, and the, and the the flight attendant answers, and he says, "We're looking for someone else. We're looking for someone's someone with got an a device. device." Yeah, but then Hassan walks in. Oh yeah, and slaps it out of a uh, out of a hand, and and tries to talk. There's no one there, obviously. Because you got to remember, she was on the phone looking up to the camera. Yeah, and so Hassan comes over and smacks her around a bit. Um, he's about to shoot him. Remember, he pulls his gun out, uh, but then she signals to the camera, and uh, she's also giving the marshal a heads up. That there that there's people on board to help yeah. us. She does that by yeah. she's handing out uh, newspapers after this, and she puts yeah. what's one with, the, with guns on it. He says they're yeah, on board. They're yeah. on board. Yeah. Uh, back at the Pentagon, though, uh, yeah, it's uh, the shit's getting real. If we can't make them divert, we have no other option. The F-14 should intercept in approximately 15 minutes. We're not really going to shoot this plane down. Are Whatever evidence there is will go straight to the bottom of the Atlantic. The president would be finished. He'd never recover. 400 American lives, Christ, Jack, we'd all be finished, the whole administration. So they're on hiding to nothing, really, are they? Exactly. I mean, this is yeah. the... As a president, there's nothing you can do that's going to win here because you can't bring the media in on this now. It's, it's nah. still got to drag out. So at the, now the, the flight attendant, Gene, helps... Uh, Remember, she's helping the woman who's dropped her medicine. Yeah. And while she's on the floor, she spots old mate, remember at the start, with his little device, mm. and she notes that his row number is 21K. Did yep. you notice that? That's 21K. Right. Yep. Now, fighter jets are coming up on Oceanic. They're, they're on their way. In the uh, downstairs, they see her approaching the camera, and remember, she holds up a hand, and then someone comes Real and takes quickly. it away. And it's like, she goes, I never enough. saw it. Do it again. And then uh, she comes out and clearly it says on the hand, 21K. Yeah. And they think, all right, that's a window seat on the starboard side. So K means A is left, yep. K is right. Yep. Um, Cahill's still working on the bomb. He cuts the blue wire. Another check on the bomb, remember? They went, and he accidentally cuts all the wires. And he goes, ah. And then Cappy goes, God damn it, it's a decoy. The whole thing they've been working what? on, the whole computer They've got to start all over again. Now they're looking at the passengers from the roof, the roof passage. There can't see properly. They said, "Can you take him?" That says, "Look, there's passages all around him. I don't know what we're going to do." But now the jets have arrived, and they are given strict instructions. This is flight leader, U.S. Navy aircraft. You are 
approaching United States Son airspace. of a bitch. Tuli Air Force Base. You must divert. Zero two zero. Ram, Navy jets ordering us to divert. We must be closer to the failsafe than we thought. And we've had it. They're here to shoot us down. No, we gotta signal them somehow. Gotta be away. Come on, think. Think. Vector zero two zero. Tuli Air Force Base and acknowledge. Oceanic flight three four three. On guard. Turn right. Zero two zero. Gotta do something, Cap. Oceanic, look out your left window. This is U.S. Navy flight lead. Show me a sign that you understand. You must cooperate. Jesus Christ. What the hell are they doing? They're getting ready to light us up. Did you like when he says, look out your left window, what the plane did? The plane banked and showed him its undercarriage with all the missiles, with missiles on it. On it says, yeah. here we go. We're not, we're not mucking this around. This is it, buddy. This is the real deal. Now, the F-14 Tomcats that intercepted the 747 in the, in that, in the movie were the actual U.S. Navy Tomcats that apparently uh, the Navy, they did a deal, agreed to use them in the movie. Now, the aircraft were from the VF-84 Jolly Rogers Squadron, and the filming of this movie was one of their very last official duties before uh, they were disbanded. So they went out uh, They went out with a bang. Very much so. Uh, anyway, the, in the bomb compartment, the real bomb has been re revealed, and they said, you know what, we need something non-metallic to put in between these two and metal points. And of course points. the chub -chub stick And of course the stick in Kale's mouth, so it looks like they've sorted that. Jets are surrounding the plane. They're thinking, what are we missing here? That's like the, the thing, I think it was like two metal pieces. Yeah, they're thinking could, it looks a bit easy. If they join, if they join they're gone. He goes, hang on a minute. He gets the can and compressed down. There's all like little light, little light yeah, sensor like beams. Like a Night of the Museum style. You yeah. Know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that. And then uh, the jets come by and uh, our man Altar slash Hassan gets on the blower. Says, Can I well, just say, yeah, all this time there's no vision of passengers going, well, this is getting interesting because the passengers know the jets they are They can see too. the jets, yeah, I know. You'd the think there'd be there. some panic. Eh? It'd yeah. be some panic or yeah. some cheering or something. I guess so, yeah, absolutely. And they're talking, with, so the passengers, Altar, Hassan's talking to them. He goes, this is a Secretary of Defence. Uh, passengers were, he says, passengers were released in Washington and Senator Mavros then comes up. Comes into the cockpit. And he says, look, let me take To over save here. the day. It's time, Senator. Hello. Hello. Are you there? Can you hear me? Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, hello. This is uh, Senator Mavros. I'd like to speak to the president, please. Senator. The president is out of the country. I'm speaking on his behalf. I don't care where he is. I want to speak to him right now. Have you got that? Senator, I'm in charge of the crisis team. No. Oh, no. They have a gun to my head. Please, just do what they want. Please. Please, just do what they want. Please! <laughs> he knew it was coming. Good night. He, uh, they just killed the senator, and Hassan gets on and says, the plane will continue. If I'm, if we're threatened, we're going to kill a passenger every minute. Mm. And they realise it's 25 miles to the fail-safe line, so they think, you know what, we've got to blow them up right now. And so the jets the come jets now behind, fall back. as yep. if it's re they're ready to, you know, fire some guns and I bring like, this I thing like down. I like the tensions building up. They get their orders. His mm. fingers on the trigger, but then he says, "Wait." Negative bull. Go cold on the sparrow. The guy's tail lights are flashing. Going too fast. Nobody uses Morse code anymore. Morse code. Maybe pilots. So the tail lights are flashing. 
Spider, is that what I think it is? You're damn right. Strike, this is slap one. We have visual communication from the target. Seems to be Morse code coming from the nav lights. I'm a bit rusty, but according to my supplement, the message appears to be Hail Mary, Alpha One, 10 minutes. Message repeats, over. Alpha One, that's the attack code. You mean they made it? They're on board? They're gonna try and take her. So that's big news for good. them. They're thinking, wow, so let's give them another few minutes. That's what I asked for. Uh, the Meanwhile, the plan on board is take the sleeper. Cappy's almost there with the bomb. Give it a few more minutes. Rat says, right, they've got five minutes, and that's it. We're going to get into position. The beams, he says, it's going to take longer than five minutes to get around this. And meanwhile, in the galley, the phone light's flashing, and Gene answers. In the lower galley, uh, he says, just get in the elevator and come back down. And what ends up happening, she he comes back up with her yeah. into, uh, into the cabin. Now, in the Pentagon, they say, look, they're starting their descent in 10 minutes, and they realise they've got a picture of Jean-Paul Dumoulin Who's the alleged sleeper who's on the plane, right? So we know we know what the sleeper looks like. So yeah. when David Grant comes to find him, we we know who his target yeah, is. Yeah, because right? we're st the sleeper's still in twenty one k, as far as we as know. far as we know. Correct. Right. Now they're still trying to get the stick into the bomb. So Kale's trying to put the little white stick in there without uh, setting the beams off. They think Grant, they're about to do this attack. Yeah, they're about to. And they, they're waiting for Grant because he's <laughs> one of them. But he's already bloody well in there. He's, he's up, up in, in the there cabin. with a gun. Yep. And, uh, they see the marshal. He's walking behind the flight attendant, goes for the sleeper, gets to the guy in 21K. It's not the sleeper. He no. grabs his case. That wasn't a computer. It was all a little case, like a like a, like a a uh, glasses case but it was full, full of, of diamonds. diamonds. Wow. Yeah. So they all go scattering everywhere. So at this point, the cover's basically blown because he's, he's, he's really obvious. Yeah. Uh, this is not him. So he's now just scanning the he's cabin. He's looking around. Looking for a face that he might And do you remember the photo we saw minutes earlier? Grant, Boom, Grant, because Grant would have him. seen that in his research, in his think tank, yes. in his work, he would have recognised that. And he that says, photo. "Everyone down!" He fires at him. The device falls. Did you see what the device was? It was the Action yeah. Palm Top computer? It's this Scion Three A. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, the gunfight ensues. Grant dives at the guy, and they blow the lights. Then, so the team blow the lights. Rest of the team emerges. They start shooting all the terrorists. Yep. Grant, though, he got his foot, he gets his foot stuck in the food cart trying to get to the device. Can't get to it. The guy comes through the roof, shoots the sleeper. The sleeper reaches out to detonate the bomb, hits the enter key, and you're thinking, oh no. And at the exact minute, the exact second, Cahill gets his lollipop stick on the contact. Yeah. So it says on the thing, remember, detonating. And yeah. he's thinking, well, we must have done something. So what happens though? The terrorist gets shot. And as he's dying, he fires his gun, hits the walls of the window of the plane. Whole row gets sucked out. So they're losing pressure, losing altitude. Everyone's getting thrown around. But the lollipop stick is still just hanging in there. They've got to get Somehow. it in Somehow. <laughs> because the, the Cahill, I think, manages to push it in further. But meanwhile, mate, the uh, it's time for emergency landing. Dallas, this is Oceanic 343 Heavy requesting emergency landing. We are low on fuel, we have structural damage, but we are stable and in control. 343 Heavy, this is Dulles. You're cleared for an emergency landing, 1L North. Crash crew standing by. Roger. Thank God, they're in control. So, Hassan had been shot in the previous scene. Yeah. 
and he's apparently still alive. He gets up to the upper deck, shoots rat. Remember? But by now, yeah. like just before he goes to the upper deck, you do have this moment of relief. Yeah, you think, oh, they've yeah, done this, it. Yeah, they've done it. This yeah. deceptive movie moment yeah. of relief. So they've, so they've like, shut okay. down the bomb. Yeah, they've located they've the, the nerve gas. Right, they've killed most of the terrorists. The pilots think, have. There's been a few deaths because yeah. obviously planes been sucked. People been sucked out like the old United flight over the Pacific. But, yeah, you know, it's it's bad, but we're in a good place. Yeah, until. Hassan goes upstairs and yeah, that's all hell right. breaks loose. But then he sees our man, Grant. It's over. Over. It's not over. Shows him the, the computer. It's over. Who are you? No one. So what he's done there, he's turned around and fired into the cockpit, like yep. just swept the cockpit with his machine gun, and instantly the plane's dropping. So you realise he's killed the pilots now. Both plane pilots are dead. Grant goes yep. in, sees both pilots, and pulls, pulls up the stick, removes the body, sits down. And let me tell you, yeah. as soon as Hassan shoots that cockpit, I go, that's for the flight. That's why the flight lessons were important. <laughs> I mean, you just could tell what was going to happen here. Dallas International, this is flight 343. The airplane is secure, but both pilots are dead. Request help. Flight 343, you're breaking up. I don't read you. You're clear to land on runway 10 North. Dallas, I need help. I need instruction. And I'm sitting on a bomb that could detonate on impact. Flight 343, you're breaking up. So, I, I like the fact that he they couldn't get him clear on the radio like he had bad reception yeah, or something. The whole time it had been fine, yeah. but now it's bad when he's well, actually so, in Washington. So that means he's on his own. He's got to work it out for so himself. So you feel like it was on finals. Halle yeah. Berry comes in, the flight yeah. attendant, and he's calling for her to look at the flight manuals yep. to get information about speed, about flaps, Approach about speed. all that stuff. And he says, what's wrong? He goes, ah, oh, flaps. Remember? Yep. And he, and he gear. says, oh, landing gear. Yeah. And he's sort yeah. of thinking, we're long. He goes, oh, no, we're too long. And he sort of powers up again and... Overshoots the runway, so and you it goes think, again. Obviously, you think, "Hang on a minute, this is where he's going to he's going to go around." So, so normally, well, she says, to goes, "Well, yeah, you got to turn around for another approach." He goes, "No, nah, I can't turn around." He recognizes and he goes, Hang on a the minute. exact same identity because the visual flight, you, yeah. you recognize landmarks like the yeah. baseball field and a freeway. He Frederick recognized those. Field is what uh, he recognizes. And he decides he's going to yeah. land a seven four seven on a Bankstown size airport <laughs> runway. Down and airspeed. Not. I think. What am I forgetting? Who cares? Just fly the plane. Good right. advice. Yeah. Right, I can do this. Okay. Fly the plane. I can do this. I can do this. So he's thinking, I can do this, and he, he realizes where he is. So he's fly, he's landed a little private plane there, but now he's going to land a 747 yeah, exactly. and takes out 10 single-engine planes in the process. What, here's what I love about this. This is what this <laughs> That is what was I a actually, miniature, by the way, the miniature. They're not yeah. going to destroy a real plane. What I genuinely like about this part of this movie is it's not predictable. 
Because yeah. in you know in movie world you think okay well then he lands the plane and yep. you know they struggle to get it out of that airport because it's tiny but he's well done <laughs> mate you landed the plane yeah. but no nah, this thing was way too big for that airport and it was chaos absolutely to the point where the it joint. was it was dangerous like yeah, it, it absolutely. really could have been yeah, bad yeah. not just with the bomb but just generally could yeah. have been dangerous so I, I like that about it yeah but there was get, a lot of dirt at the end of the runway there was yeah that's handy. you know why there's a lot of dirt at the end of the runway why is that to you stop know? stop seven four seven no why is that I reckon he's my oh, to stop the jet wash nope nope. Why? It's in the movie. They've chosen. They've had to put dirt at the end of that runway as, yeah. a, as a theory because all this next bit is shot at like a uh, airport uh, airplane graveyard, like Victorville or somewhere. Uh, where there's a big seven four seven. It's on dirt, and so it has to look because it's just like, parked okay, there. Okay, I see. There's a part of this next okay. scene where they're all getting off, passengers getting off. Where yes. if you look at the right hand wing, I swear to God, you can see the the stand that's holding up the engine because there's uh, often things. Okay, yeah. Okay, so I reckon, I reckon this was ah, shot right. somewhere. So where are they in the sort of in the desert, in the desert on the yeah, way to Vegas? The Mojave Desert or ah, Victorville, somewhere like that. Good spot. That'd be my guess. I like this bit where they're all landing, they're putting the passengers in the buses, and we see Cappy getting loaded into the ambulance. They all salute Grant. So in other yeah, words, mate, cool. you did yeah. a good job. Good on you, brother. But then uh, our girl Jean thumbs up. It's Jean. Hi. What? You called me Jan on the plane. My name is Jean. Uh, Who are you? Dr. Bragg, Agent Perry, FBI. You're wanted at the Pentagon, sir. <laughs> Forget it. Sorry I asked. Go ahead. Jean, wait a minute. Could I buy you a cup of coffee? As long as you're not flying. <laughs> no problem. So, Gene, tell me something. Do you like hockey? Hockey? No. I only like baseball. <laughs> it's very nice to go traveling to Paris, London, and Rome. Now, just so you know, at the end of the movie, when he says, Gene, do you like hockey? Yeah. And she says, no, no, I'm a baseball fan. Yeah. Good At the time, do you know who she was married to? Oh, baseball? At then, that she was married to Atlanta Braves outfielder David Justice. Oh, so, of course, she's going to like baseball. There you go. Just on the ending of the movie, too. Like David the, Justice was in um, Moneyball. Well, there he was, too. Yes. And so that might have been, I mean, Moneyball was later than this, so they might not be wow. together then. But the yeah. end of this movie reminds you of the end of Die Hard Part 2. We'll, we'll do that on the show eventually. Okay. Where there's a the sort of Sinatra song playing at the end of a plane after a plane's landed. Mm -hmm. Let's get into the favourite lines and here's, here's one that is a favourite of mine. Well, sir, we're going to need all the on-site intel we can get and I think that Mr. Grant could provide us with a great advantage and I'd just love to have him come along. Mr. Grant, you ready to take a plane ride? <laughs> Ready to take a plane ride? Very cool. As rats getting on to the 747, this always cracks me up. Hope there's a good movie on this flight. <laughs> Hope there's a good movie. And after our man, David Grant, lands the plane. Things almost land themselves, don't they? <laughs> How's that? Now, how did that happen, mate? Mm. Before they're landing the plane, the pilot says emergency landing were low on fuel. Mm -hmm. Now... Wasn't the plane supposed to fly to Washington from Athens in the first place and have enough fuel? Yeah, that's true. Where did it lose the fuel? 
Did it lose fuel when they blew the hole in the side of the plane? No. That's not fully explained. Did you did you notice no, that? That's, yeah, that's a bit of a problem. Now, the as the team is boarding, so the crisis team on the ground receive intelligence from the Israelis that the creator of the bomb is on the plane. And that crea- that person is, remember the picture of Jean-Paul Demou? Mm. Now, the team had no contact with the team. Lewis says to Grant that has Demou, when, so how do they know that if there's no contact with the plane, if they think, well, he knows who Demou is, how did they know that? So there's no, no they, way. No, they're just, no, I'll tell you what, because this was his life. His life was investigating these people. He knew he could recognize the Hassan just by voice, let alone yeah. by face. So he, he, this other guy was one of the, one of the key players. Yeah. So he would have known in his head all these key players. So that's how he knew. Yeah, because L- Lewis think. announces that Grant has Demu when Grant begins the assault. So there's no way anyone on the team could have known the sleeper's name was Demu, though. So, interesting. When Maybe, Grant yeah. discovers that the pilots are both dead, hmm. would your first instinct be, I'm going to fly the plane? I've had three lessons on a little a light aircraft. Or I would. would. You, it would. Or would you say, Can anyone, is anyone a pilot here? Well, no, because you haven't got time for that. The plane's going down. Okay. Mate, I think any idiot. If there's can, any trained can, pilots, like several of the crew are still functioning. Like Cahill, he designs planes. You don't reckon he can land a plane? Yeah. Or, you know, Grant decides, you know what? I've got this. Now, when the Remora is lost, you recall this bit, there are still mm. two members of Travis's team on board along with the pilot. Now, you know how the sleeve was failing? Mm. Couldn't they have just gone down the ladder? Shut the seal. Let let the the um, you know that the the what do they call the, the sleeve? The, the sleeve. Let that go. They would have been safe on board. They could have gone back down the ladder, shut the hatch below the and that sleeve. That whole scene and they'd still be alive. Because seriously, you would have aborted the. Yeah. As soon as all that motion happened, you would have gone right. But we're aborting. We could, yeah. instead of instead of doing that, they would have saved the aircraft and allowed Travis to uh, get, get him back on the plane, shut the thing. They're all good. And all the communication would have been intact, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Things you might not know. Now, yeah. you wonder why Steven Seagal yes. early exit. Yeah. During the mid-90s when this was being filmed, massive rumours and press reports about sexual harassment and domestic violence charges began to sort of come to the surface oh, about Steven Seagal. Right. His ex-wife was coming out accusing him of beating her. So rumour was that Kurt Russell said to the producers, I don't want to work with this guy. If he's a wife basher, I don't want anything to do with him, mm. which is the one of the reasons why he was killed early. And Rat, the character of Rat, John Leguizamo, kind of picks up. That him his role on the plane would have been wow. Travis, yeah. so he took over. That makes sense. That's, yeah. that's a perfect switch. So he was expanded. His role was expanded to take over Segal's role, who might have been escorted off yeah, the, right. off the project. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Now John Leguizamo did a uh, released his autobiography, and he says a couple of things in the movie that he says happened. He says Steven Segal physically attacked him during filming. Wow. He says. In, uh, he was claiming that during rehearsals, Seagal came in and said, right, I'm in command, trying to get into character. When I lay, What I say is law, and Leguizamo, who's a bit of a smartass, started to laugh. Uh-huh. Seagal grabbed him and slammed him against the wall with, with his elbow, 
knocked the air out of him. And he said, "All right, well, geez, that was." Uh, I did, this is pretty serious. He says, Jesus. "I did not. I did not have a good time with Steven Seagal. No one was." He also pissed off Kurt Russell, Leguizamo, because he was he was uh, he liked to improvise occasionally. Uh, Kurt Russell didn't like that. He's a there was a man. scene where um, the I think they were talking about how they they stunk or their feet stink. Yeah, you know, he took his feet off, his shoes off. Yeah, and he goes, "Geez, I hope the remember the." Uh, Grant took his black loafers off. Yeah. He goes, geez, I hope the smell doesn't give us away. And Kurt Russell shoved him and started a fight, thinking, don't do that, mate. Just stick to the script. Wow. Yeah. So there's a bit of, bit, Take a chill, bit of drama, bro. mate. A bit of drama Take going a chill. on. Now, get this right. John Joe Morton played Cappy, you know, the guy who was uh, gets paralyzed. Yeah, yeah. Now, because he threw for the whole filming schedule, 43 days, he was laying on flat on his back still. After the when they you know how they film finish the movie they have a rap party yeah he apparently ruptured both of his Achilles tendons because the the, the muscle so had, much movement the weight no the muscle had wasted in his legs because yeah. he was laying on back on his back for forty three days wow. he didn't have enough strength he's ruptured his Achilles tendons Jesus did so, you notice okay, yeah what sorry yeah. one more what? well no I was gonna I was gonna give you a couple of okay, uh, okay. airplane style things okay yeah so. Uh, there were two 747s used in the filming of this. Ah. One of them, you know, in flight. One of yep. them used for flight scenes. Yep. Um, you know, painted in the livery and everything. And yep. they had, they kind of painted on that, you know, patch where it was blown off. Yep. And the other one uh, is in the Mojave Desert. And it, like it's, uh, it's okay, not, not flying. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that, that's why it was the, the, the kind of final resting place. Ah. Um, and the other thing, and I, I'm, look. You are a plane nerd. I've got to I'm admit, a plane yeah. nerd. And you may still be bringing this up because I don't yeah. know your scripts. But yeah. You know, you know, this is not the only time the oceanic yes, airlines that's my, have been. Yeah, okay, was, right, good. <laughs> so I was gonna. That was my next point. Okay, was the same airliner in Lost? So is, is that what you were same saying? Same airline name, but it was, that was a triple seven in Lost, and it was a different logo. Same airline, yeah. In Lost. Same, I, was, not, I thought it was interesting because I thought the same myself, aircraft. I wonder if it was the same aircraft yeah. and everything, but it wasn't. It was a different logo, now, different everything. But do you know who Nick Jameson is? No. He apparently was in this movie and in Lost. Really? Yeah. So how's that for synergy? But isn't that really? I, I love those little. So you've seen Lost? Yeah, I've. My has watched lots of it. I've yeah, never yeah. watched it from start. I've just come into. Oh, I love that show. Yeah. Now I thought this, that was awesome. This was filmed well before 9-11, yeah, yeah. right? Now, it portrays a plane that was hijacked, much like the attack on the World Trade Center. Yeah. The flight number, there's a little bit of weird coincidence here. The flight number in the film is flight 343. Right. That's the exact number of firefighters that were killed on 9-11. 343. Interesting. Three questions for Trev. Hit me. Does Tay, does David Grant continue to get his pilot's license after this? Yep, he does. Does David Grant and Jean continue a long-term relationship? Very much so. She's a good sort. Does Day, does Cappy ever walk again? I don't I think say, he does. I say yes to I don't him. think he does, mate. Yeah. I don't think you he does. You don't think he does? Mate, that was a lot of stress. Yeah. If, he was, if yeah. he was hurt, he then, he, he then endured up. a lot of stress. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. So gone. Yeah. Righto, that is executive decision. Give us your wrap up and rating. Uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think you know that because it's, it's my style of movie. <laughs> um, I don't, you know, I, I feel like uh, it had the right amount of uh, progression and suspense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it didn't 
stall well, like and the it review didn't go too said, fast. It wasn't just body count no. explosions. There was a story tension. I, yeah. I struck as a plane nerd. I struggled with the lift uh, yes. overhead capacity. All that. You stuff. would probably think a seven four seven doesn't have a, a lift. A little bit like a triple seven. I don't know if you ever you would have flown triple seven yeah. one, one or two times. You yeah. went to uh, LA and Virgin. Yeah. You know, there's an uh, above compartment there. For like the the hosts hostesses and stuff to oh, sleep. Really? Oh, really? Because they they have to work on shifts. Okay. But that's not a double decker plane. This thing uses every inch of the thing. So Is, that, isn't there a, in the tail section like yeah, an area? So it's, isn't it's, that... it's like in a in a seven four seven. It's it's in the there's upper like deck. Bunks, yeah. It's in the upper deck behind the passenger cabin. There's more upper deck that is for yeah, uh, wow. the flight sensor. Very good. Um, Give us uh, your so, so I loved it. I think it was a good movie. Um, I'm glad Seagal was thrown out of the plane because okay. I'm not a massive fan. Okay. Um, this is going to be an eight and a half. I'm a nine. Love this movie. Yeah. Are you ready for next week? I am not. Next week, we're watching E.T., the extraterrestrial. E.T. phone home. Released in 1982 and directed by our man, Steven Spielberg. Guys are right. Now, who is not in E.T.? Okay. Here are the actors. Henry Thomas, A. B. Drew Barrymore. C. Peter Coyote. Or D, Anthony Perkins. So I've only heard of Drew Barrymore and she's definitely in it. Yep. So I don't know. A. Henry Thomas actually plays Elliot, who's okay. the star of the show. I've never heard of him. Peter Coyote plays the guy with the keys from the from the uh, the agency. And Anthony Perkins played uh, Norman Bates in Psycho. So the, he was the, <laughs> he, was, he was not he was not in ET. Okay, fair enough. Go but that me. is our show for this week. We're looking forward to catching you again for ET. But we hope you enjoyed Executive Decision. Mm, very good. And I love, love it when it. they say the name of the movie. In I the, know in you the, do. Love it. Love it.